Genesis chapter 1 this morning. If I could, I've been meditating on this message for a while and different things been transpiring in my life. And then even in light of everything that's going on in current events in our day and in our culture today, so much is being redefined. How many would notice things about our life and everything, our culture is, is being redefined? And, and I just find a lot of it I find amazing. A lot of it I find, you know, I, I question it. And I wonder how it's happening. And uh, so this morning, I, even when it comes to our Christianity, what it means to live for God, to serve God, to give your life to God, a lot of that has been redefined. And I was sharing with the men this morning in discipleship and the difference between having faith and having beliefs. Hey, everybody in this room has a belief system, but your belief system is not the same as having faith in God. So, and, and I can think that my beliefs can produce a faith that, 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 that would get a corresponding response from God uh, according to what the Bible says about faith. But then I find out that that isn't true and there can be an imbalance there and, and those two don't mesh together. But a lot of people think that they're saved by their beliefs and not by faith. Well, I believe this and I believe that. But the Bible says we're not saved by belief, we're saved by faith. Through grace. Amen. And uh, so it's so important that we understand that. And I was sharing with the men, I, with Pastor Spivey and uh, Brother Tucker and myself, when we went over to help Brother Spivey pour some sidewalk for his church, he's passing over there in Gardnerville. We went out to dinner, we're sitting around and we started talking about different issues of the Bible and, and, uh, and that in between the two. I've been in ministry for 31 years, and Dennis has been in ministry for 30 years, and uh, Pastor Spivey's been in ministry for 300 years. And uh, so, no, he's only six years older than me, but uh, over 40 years and that. But it uh, is awesome. But in, in all of our conversation, we had different beliefs. And even on says we were talking about some key areas there, but it's important that we come back and have, <coughs> excuse me, a right foundation for our faith. That your faith, it's one thing that we could have, well, I see it this way, <coughs> and this is what I see, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, with you, please take it home, <laughs> amen. But uh, we have different beliefs and different outlooks and things. But we have to come back down to the Word of God. What does the Bible say? And sometimes you get people say, you know, that's a great thought. But where'd you get that thought? And what does the Bible say? What, what does the Word of God really say? Because the only thing God is doing in the earth is His Word. It's not doing our beliefs, not doing our thoughts, not doing our ideas or our opinions and things. God is doing His Word. And it's so important that we know what the Word of God says, or, or that as believers, we be a people of the Word. Would you agree? Now, I believe that's vitally important. So look at the cover of your outline. As we, this morning, I just want to uh, bring this thought to you on original intent. Original intent. I often wonder how many of us really take time to stop and consider the original intent of the creator and designer of most of the items and products we use from day to day. Do we ever take time to consider that their what to consider their original purpose for their creation? If you've ever been to a factory, it's an awesome thing to watch something being made. From its origin to its completion, seeing everything that goes into its creation, all the thought, the planning, the research, 
and development. Seeing all of that and taking it all into consideration can be very enlightening as to the original intent of the Creator. Would you agree? I said, man, that's amazing. How'd you come up with that? And then it gives you a little broader picture. I often wonder how many of us are content to settle for less than the original intent of the Creator. How many of us, besides me, have items that we own and are yet not using to their fullest capacity and to the original intent of their Creator? Anybody besides me? I kind of got this. I know how to turn it on, but I don't know all that it does. It could be a lot of things. Mostly, though, because of the time it'll take to learn how to use them. So stay with me. So we settle for paying for them and using them, but coming way short of all that they were created to be and to do. Now, how sad is that? Now, I'm just talking about stuff. I'm not talking about us yet. It's stuff. How crazy is that? Do, do, and then somebody comes along that knows a little bit more about it. Well, do you know that that'll do this? No. How did you do that? I, I didn't even know it would do that. That's crazy. Well, mine's the same as yours. They both do the exact same thing. Are you with me? So, but we've settled because of the investment that is there. So what about it? Phones, computers, and the programs. Tools. Amen. Automobiles. Today, automobiles are as smart as your computer. They talk to you. All kinds of stuff talks to you. My phone talks to me. It's weird. It calls me by name. That's weird. <laughs> remote controls. How many of your kids know how to use a remote control better than you do? You have something that records DVRs, do this stuff, do whatever. I mean, all that stuff. And so we got it there. But it takes time to learn how to use it to get the full value out of it. Are you with me this morning? Stay with me. And then... What about people? John 10.10, Jesus said this, I have come that you might have life to its fullest. Or I've come to reveal to you God's original intent for your life. And I'm going to submit to you that we are living below God's original intent for our life. Or we've redefined His original intent for our life. He said to live life to its full. Think about it. To know, experience, live, and enjoy all that the original Creator had in mind for you and designed in you. Think about the potential that is in us. Our grandkids spent the night, Friday night, so yesterday morning, Jake's into football after playing his first season. He's into it, so he had to move. So he wanted to watch the movie Facing the Giants. And so we watched that a cool movie. And so in the middle of this team, they're beat up and, and they're at the losing season. And they're all discouraged about themselves. And, and, and the motivating part of the whole film is when the coach gets the lineman that's there. And he says, okay, we're going to do the death crawl. And he's like going, oh man, we're playing so-and-so and we're kind of like already beat. And the coach goes, man, you're, you're saying you're beat and you haven't even showed up or played them. So you're already accepting defeat and let's do the death crawl one more time. And so he, he gets him out there, but he blinds 
blindfolds him. He puts this kid on his back, and he keeps rooting for him and cheering. And the kid crawls. He goes, you know, would you go the 30-yard line, maybe the 50-yard line? And the kid's going, yeah, I'll give him my haul. And so they get rooting, you know, and stuff. And, and the coach gets him to go the whole length of the field. When he opens eyes, I said, look where you are. You're in the end zone. And he found out that he had more in him than what he had been using. And that's all I'm saying, that in God's original intention for you and His creation of you and I, there is more in us. And somehow we buy into the lies, we settle for less, we don't want to invest, we don't want to make the effort, but there's so much in us. Not just in physical effort, but in aptitudes and abilities and so much more that we could do and be. When Jesus came and said, I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly, I want you to know all that God created in you. Come on, we're kind of like smartphones that just make a phone call. How many know that there's more to it than that? I'm still amazed that we can do all this stuff and go on, that, that my phone that, that is just like I'm connected everywhere. And who are you? How do you know? And, and, and then you, you log on and, and, and you get a map and they find you and they tell you where to turn and, and do all this stuff. And then if you're like me, you like to mess with them and go a little bit so they have to recalculate. But to me, that's just weird. Amen? And then people go, I didn't know that it had that to it. And then you find out if you upgrade, you get more stuff. Does more things and doing that. And, and that's all cool. But I, I believe that some of that... Now, now wait a minute. If, if, I, if I can just... I want you to stay with me here this morning. Because we created that. That's what man created. That's what, that's what a finite man with a finite brain, with limited knowledge, who uses less than 10% of his brain power, created. And we look at that and go, that's amazing. But my Bible says that you and I are created by God, who is infinite, who has no limits, who has no bounds, who has no beginning, who has no end, who framed the universe and hung the stars in the heaven, who, heaven and said to the ocean, go this far and no further. And then he said, you are now fearfully and wonderfully made. I submit to you God's original intent for your life and mine is greater than what we've unlocked so far. It's more. It's more. Jesus declared that man was living beneath his original intent. We were created for so much more than what we are living to. But without going back to the factory or the place of origin, we will never understand how and why we were made, and we will never truly see all that we were intended to be in life. Think about it right now. Why is our nation in the state that it is in? Because we have moved away from the original intent of our nation. And it's not, the original intent of our nation is not being taught in the history classes of our school. We don't want our children to know where we came from and what the history of our nation is because the original intent is not the intention that people have for it today. There are people who wanted to go in another direction for this country to be used in another way than what it was intended for. The original intent of our freedom. What about the original intent of our bodies? We're being told that the original intent of our bodies has changed. I always think about this. I think, you know what? If I took kids who had never heard anything else, and, and, and I, I better be nice this morning, I have to quit. 
But in putting things, if you take different things and, and, and different items and you put them together and you line them all up on a table and you say, which one goes with which? Which one was made for which? Most kids could figure it out. It takes an adult to screw them up. Because, because why? Because we, in our lust and our desire, have redesi- re- has redefined the intent. And we want to train them to embrace our redesign. Are we doing alright? I mean, on, on all kinds of levels. On everything, not, 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 not just in, in our sexuality, but, but in our view on economics, in our view on government, in our view on everything. So with the original intent being changed. And now if that's happening in our world, I want you to stay with me. Because if that's happening around us in the world, that same spirit and that same attitude will creep into the church and to the body of Christ. And so you and I have to fight to preserve God's original intention for our lives. On how we walk, how we live, what it means to be a believer and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many have ever had somebody say to you, I don't think that was intended for that. I don't think they intended that to be used like that. Or, that's not intended. If you use it like that, that will cause damage. And there are so many things that go through that and believe that. Genesis chapter 1. Are you there? You thought I forgot. Genesis 1 and verse 1. In the beginning. Everybody say in the beginning. When you want to answer a question from God, you have to go back to the beginning. If you start at the end, God does this. God shows you the end from the beginning. But if you and I want to know the truth, we have to go back to the beginning. We can't just interpret everything from the end. So in the beginning, God created everything. Created the heavens and the earth, and He spoke everything into existence. And then after all of creation, after the six days of creation, He's done. And then He gets down. And, and, and I mean, after five days, then on the sixth day, God says this. Verse 26, and God said, let us make man. How? Let us make man how? Now, now read this real slow with me and think about it as we read. Let us make man in our own image. Let us make man in our own image. And according to what? Our likeness. So God's original intention for man was to be made in His image and according to His likeness. Wow. Stay with me. And let them have what? Dominion or authority over the fish of sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all creeping things. I'm glad that word dominion there belongs to us. Amen. I'm glad that deer don't have guns. I'm glad that the cows don't know what's coming. I'm glad that they don't arm. I mean, know what I'm saying. But, but there, you, you can see, now watch, in our every life, we see man's dominion. We see the reality of this all. And so we see, okay, part of God's original intent is taking place. We see us able to, to, to uh, you know, break through the law of gravity. Because we've learned that there was a higher law called the law of, of lift and thrust. And so if you put enough thrust behind an airplane and, 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 and you engage the law of lift, this, these massive 
things will fly with people and stuff in them and, and go forever and go wherever you want to go and then we can figure out how to bring them back down. We have this great dominion. So we see God's original intent working. Stay with me. And God created man in His own image. In the image of God created him. Male and female created he them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the face of the earth. God was an outdoorsman. Amen. So watch it. In the beginning, God made God from Himself for Himself. Or excuse me, God made man from Himself for Him. God's original intent for you and I is that you would be made for Him. That I was made for Him. That every person was made from Him for Him. Stay with me. Someone made from Him for Him to be in relationship with Him. That's God's original intent for man. Someone made in His image, like Him, to be joined with Him and to be made complete only in Him. Every person in this room, you were made from God for God and to be made complete in God when you are joined with Him. Anything else outside of that in life will leave you feeling empty. It will last for a season, for a moment, for, for a short span of time, but it won't make you feel complete. You can only be made whole by being joined to where you came from. Are you with me? Think of just some of the terms that he uses to describe our connection. He is our Father. We are children of God, sons of God, heirs of God, family of God, household of God. So his original intent was relationship with him. God's original intent for you and I was relationship with Him. Every term used in the Word of God describes relationship with the Father. So all of who we are, how and why we were created is understood through and by a right understanding of why and how He created us. From Him, for Him was His original intent. And, and I'm thinking about this and, and, and been going through and even in our discussion with, with, with Pastor Larry and, and Pastor Dennis as we're talking, I'm talking about what, what's the purpose? Why? What does it really mean to be saved and come into relationship with God? And Pastor Dennis and I were talking, you know, a little bit more in depth about the relationship side of that. Now listen, when we understand this, then we will understand the cross and the price that was paid for our relationship with the Father to be reconciled. People today will go, why do I need to be saved? Why do I need a Savior? Why did Jesus die on the cross? Because God created you from Himself for Himself. And something got in the way of you being in relationship with Him. And when I understand that He moved, when that relationship is so important to Him, that He moved whatever needed to be moved out of the way, in order for that relationship to be restored. That's what salvation is all about. When I understand that, then I begin to understand the cross. I begin to understand the sacrifice of Christ. I begin to understand why He came. Amen? Without reconciliation, man would live below his original intent. Something happened. And we know that in the garden, Adam and Eve, and the decision that was made, and sin entered in, and it broke that fellowship, and God drove them out from His presence. 
Genesis 3, you can read it. And from that moment, God set into motion everything that had to be set into motion to bring reconciliation back to that relationship. So you and I, once again, we came from Him so we could once again be joined to Him. Are you with me this morning? This is what I believe. I believe that God chose to make Himself incomplete without us. You read creation. You read the story of creation. God created everything. And yet He is incomplete. In a moment, we're, we're going to read Genesis chapter 2, a few verses there, and you're going to find that God brings every animal and, 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 and everything before Adam, and He names it all, and all this is there. Yet no companion was found there for Adam. Come on, you can walk with the animals, talk with the animals, duck it and breathe with whatever. Dr. Doolittle. Okay, but there's no companion in the animals. You can't go eye to eye with your dog. Some of you have tried. <laughs> your pet is, the, you know, the counter person because they love you no matter what. But it's not a companion. It's a pet. It can't complete you. And so Adam has all this before him, and he's not complete. And, and God has created the universe and the heavens and everything. And he's looking at all that he created in the earth and the glory and the splendor. He's looking at it. He goes, whatever. It's like I can do that. And so you and I, to understand the love of God. How many know God's love is a little deeper than what we probably think? Years ago when I heard Ed Cole define it, it was one of the best definitions I said. He says, the love of God is a love that gives at the expense of self because it's a love that desires to give. God's love just desires to give. So God, they, and I'm just giving you my interpretation after these years and, and thinking and meditating on this, that God in Himself, with this love, God is love. He wanted someone to love, but the only way to love someone is to have Something come from you, be made from, and then you can, and, and, and then it's removed from you, and then your love wants that brought back to you. And then you move out of love to restore that, to be made whole again, to really love. It, there, there's something that's missing, and love moves in a way to restore and to make whole. Does that make sense? And so God looks and says, I will make man, I, I will, in my image and in my likeness, I will make something from me. Now watch, there's that same desire. You're made in his image and made in his likeness. And you and I, we have a desire that's driven towards us to have family. To find someone who completes us, to have a mate and to come together. And the goal is that, that we would create offspring. And the goal of offspring is longevity and relationship. It's relationship at another level. Amen? Husband and wife have relationship, but parents and children is another level relationship. Are you with me? But there's that union and that joining that comes together and then that new life that flows out of that. And so God desiring to be able to give this love that He is and has, has to create something from Himself for Himself. 
And so before God ever looked at Adam and said it's not good that man should be alone, God had a day, I believe, when he said, I don't like being alone. I don't like being a God where I have nothing with an object. So I will create the object of my love and the one that I will give all my love to. And then when you understand when Jesus says greater love has no man than he lay down his life, then you go, oh man. God is pulling at you and I because I believe. People say, why is God waiting? Because God made us for, think of anybody you can think. Think of the vilest person, the worst person. That person was made from God, for God, and God loves him if he could. He would embrace him. He would remove everything that's caused him to be the way they are. Every damaging influence, everything that shaped and molded them and twisted them out of their original intent. God would remove that if he could so they could be joined back to him. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how debased it is, it doesn't matter how far it's gone, they were created from God, for God, and He loves everyone with the exact same love. Are you with me this morning? So I believe that God chose to make Himself incomplete without us. So that he could love us as no other part of his creation as children. So that his desire towards us would become our desire towards him. To be joined together and to be made whole. Only this explains the depth that he went to to redeem us for our reconciliation. Your mind and my mind cannot understand the cross unless you understand it through this truth right here. That God loved us so much that He gave His only begotten Son. That you meant so much to Him that there was nothing more valuable to Him even if it meant the death of His own Son. Even if it meant that for a season He would have to turn His back on His Son and Jesus would have to say, My God, my God, my Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? That God the Father and God the Son would go that far in their love to redeem you and I back into relationship with them. Because you were made from Him for Him. And yet everything works around you. And, and I believe this to some degree that, that, that the devil, there, there was some of that before and Satan in his pre-fallen existence knows of the love of God and the presence of God. And, and because he has fallen and because he, he, he made the mistake that he made and tried to exalt himself above God and God judged him and cast him down, that he is so angry, he is so twisted, he is so demented with warped with his hatred and his vile just animosity against God that he wants nobody reconciled and so he continually is twisting and manipulating the mindset of the world of every generation that has walked this planet since the day of creation he's twisting and and perverting God's original intent for humanity and every now and then, somebody gets captivated by the love of God. I can't explain it. I know when I needed help, it just seemed like nothing else was around. But something inside of me was pulling me towards the love of God. And the amazing thing is, is that when you come in contact with God, reconciliation is restoration. It's like all He doesn't care where you've been. Isn't it amazing with the prodigal son? That the son said, hey, I'm going to run off and I'm going to go over here and I'm going to do my own thing. And he goes, but, but yet the father was looking every day for his return. The father felt empty without his son. 
And it's amazing to me when you think about it. Because it says, the Father seeing Him afar off. And when I teach on this, sometimes I liken it to this, is that, is that the Father every day would walk to the end of the driveway. Go to the gate. Look left. Look right. Is He coming today? Because his heart was reconciliation. And the moment he saw him afar off, shoved the gate open, ran towards his son, fell upon him and embraced He didn't say, where have you been? What have you done? Why did you waste? Why did you do? No. Because the son came from the father. And the son was made for the father. And the purpose of fathers having sons is relationship. Are you with me this morning? And when that gets broken, the only desire you have is reconciliation. It doesn't matter what you have to eat. It doesn't matter what you have to dismiss. You just want the, old, the past to go away. You want everything to be as it's supposed to be. You wish you could get away with it. You wish you could erase the board. You wish you could get your feelings out of the way, your emotions out of the way, your pettiness out of the way, and be big like God. How am I doing? My clip keeps falling off. Stay with me. Go to Genesis 2. Everybody say, it's not good. The man should be alone. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Now the ground, the, the God formed the beast of the field of every bird of the earth and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam... There was not found a helper, what? Comparable to him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into woman, and he brought her to the man. Now, I'm interjecting this because this is where, when I say I believe, I believe that somehow that this same scenario is how God made man in the beginning. When God said, let us make man in our image, the same way woman was made by something out of man. That you and I were made with something that came out of God. That a portion of God of who He is, of His nature, His being, His character was formed. in a, The same as when a man and a woman come together. That, that something of them, each one of them, both parts come together. Their DNA mixes and that portion of them goes on. And as much as our kids don't want to grow up and be us, too bad. 
Because they are made in our image and they're made in our likeness and they all look and I'm becoming my parents. Yes, hallelujah. You were made from me for me, glory to God. But the, do, do you get there? Those two, there, there's the natural side of the man and the woman and natural procreation. But, but on the spiritual side, God said, I want the same. I desire the same thing. And every desire you have towards relationship, towards completion, towards love, towards reconciliation when things are broken, comes to you from the heart of God. You're made in God that way. So he says, it's not good. And, and, he, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, look, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And I believe you and I were taken out of God and formed. And he's trying to keep your finger there and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I just have to read this verse. How many have ever sought reconciliation in a relationship? Besides me. Friendship, marital relationship, it doesn't matter what it is. Something wrong. Parents, estranged, different things. Kids grow up, broken relationships. Years ago, we came up with the stupid thing because we redesigned original intent. We came up with the stupid clause called irrevocable differences Irrecon there we go irreconcilable differences irreconcilable no non reconcilable no reconciliation impossible stupid anything can be forgiven turn your notes over on the back you stay, stay there and say I'm going to give you this every time I do a message like this. I get up really early to finish it. And then I go get in the shower and God keeps talking. <laughs> Write this down. True forgiveness. True forgiveness. For the sake of restoration. True forgiveness. For the sake of restoration. is when you take the blame even when you're not at fault. True forgiveness for the sake of restoration is when you take the blame even when you're not at fault. Jesus came and said, God desires restoration with you. And so, for the sake of restoration, I take your blame. I'm not at fault. I take your blame. For the sake of restoration, I take the blame of your choices, your decisions, the consequences of your life. I take the blame for every wrong, every transgression, every injustice of your life. I take the blame. For the sake of restoration, I am not at fault, but I will take the blame. 
Christ did for us. So I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Why? Because you were made in the image and the likeness of God. Because the capacity and the character to do so is in us. You were made. His capacity, His character is in us. And when the Bible talks about forgiveness, that's exactly what it means. It means whatever it takes, even if you have to be wrong. When we first started the church years ago, I mean, we'd only been going like a couple months. And there was a situation that happened in local ministry up here, and a group of people came to the church. And, and there had been wrong done, not, not deniable. But they came, and a whole group came, and I met with them. And I said, hey, um, I understand what you're saying and do this, but you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe. God might ask you to go back and ask for forgiveness. That through your moving to initiate might bring that man to repentance. And the whole group said, no way, you don't know what he did. I said, okay. But I said, you can't stay here. And we were just starting. It would have been nice for them to stay there. Could have used a couple more people. Amen. But not at that price. Are you with me? I said, because at this case, if I have to deal with one of you, the way this thing looks, I'm going to have to deal with all of you. Because I don't, I don't even, cause in that situation, I don't even know who was offended, who did what to what, but here was a whole group carrying the same offense. I said, this is a disaster for disaster. This is a recipe for disaster. But the, listen, all I said to them is what I just said to you. Is that it's not your fault. But true forgiveness means you would move and take the blame for what's transpired for the sake of restoration. Well, no, I choose to live with irreconcilable differences. And then, now what, and then try to move on and build a healthy relationship somewhere else. That's stuck on stupid. Right underneath that, write this down. How you leave determines how you enter. Never forget that. How you leave a place determines how you enter the next place. If you leave a place offended, you enter the next place offended. If you leave a relationship with pain, you enter the next relationship with pain. If you leave a place with resentment in your heart, you enter the next place with resentment in your heart. If you fight with your spouse before you walk out the door, when you walk in the door of your job, you're ready to fight with the first person you see. The way you leave determines how you enter. And so to think that I can bring this baggage with me, whatever you don't let go of, it's coming with you. Somebody ought to say amen. And so true forgiveness in that area is so important for us to understand. I'm running out of time, but watch, stay with me here. Go, go back to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. How important? Why? God's love for us. Jesus said, I choose, I choose to take the fall. God wanted so much for us to be reconciled. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19. Well, go back up verse 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us where? Through 
Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of what? Okay, so, 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 so what are we supposed to be doing? This message that I'm sharing with you, this is the, the original intent of the church. The original intent of the gospel. The original intent of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go tell everybody. Be reconciled. God has come to restore. You came from God. God wants you back with Him. And anything that's been between you, He has moved out of the way. There's nothing between you and God. Come on back. Be joined unto Him. Let it go. Verse 19, that is that God, watch it, that God, watch it, God was in Christ. God the Father was in the Son. Are you listening to this? Reconciling the world where? To Himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So God comes, He's in Christ. When Jesus, when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am the Father, and He is in me. And God created you. You came from Him, and you were from Him. And He built you, and He made Himself incomplete. And if you're not joined to Him, He's not going to rest until everything is moved out of the way for you to come back into relationship with Him. And I'm here to move everything out of the way. The good news of the Gospel is everything's been removed. Come on home to the Father. And God said, I'm so, I meant it so much. I'm in Him. And I'm in the world doing it. I'm not going to impute your transgression to you. I'm not going to lay Him to your charge. I'm wiping Him out of the way. Forgive yourself and receive His forgiveness. Somebody ought to say amen. Receive what God has for your life. Wow. I'm going to buy this CD myself. <laughs> Genesis 2. Go back there. There was nothing in creation that could make Adam complete and not alone. The worship team comes back. There was nothing he could do to join himself to and be made whole. Nothing. You can go out and join yourself to nature. You're just a lonely person in nature. I love that. I love going out. But then I get out there and I'm all alone. I say, man, I'll go hang around some people. Amen. If you're a visitor here today, I hope we made you feel welcome. I, no, I'm serious. I do. Last week, we, Pastor and I in Fort Bragg, we visited a church. We walked in, and we felt like we weren't welcome there. Amen. In fact, they, they, they said, get up and do a meet and greet thing. I got up, I started greeting people. This one guy wouldn't turn around from me. I shook his hand and said, hey, first time here? He said, no. I said, it's mine. Oh, yeah, I'm a pastor. I can do that. <laughs> but then I didn't tell anybody. And I look at Pastor Joe. I said, honey, you want to get up and say hello to some people? She said, no. <laughs> I'll sit here and see if anybody wants to say hello to me. Come on. Because I said, not welcome here. We like the way we are. I hope we didn't say that to you today. I hope people went out of their way to say hello to you, to try to make you feel. Because, we, we, come on, it's about relationship. It's about being joined. It's about the body of Christ. We need one. We, we are all jointly framed and fit together. We are members one and every. The body increases by that which every part supplies. We need each and every one. We, we're lacking members. We need more members. If you walk in this door, you're the member we've been looking for. We're handicapped without you. Amen. We feel amputated. Thank you for being grafted back. 
Stay with me. There was nothing there to make Adam complete, so God made someone from him. So they might be joined together and be made whole. God designed man for relationship with him. And revealed to man just how it was to be through his relationship with his own wife. That part that was made from him for him. Now, Pastor Sue was not made from my rib. But she was made to make me complete. Each one, there's someone that fits you. Let's see, let me help you. So many people. Why do we have such a high divorce rate? Tell you exactly why. Because man's original intent been taken out of the picture Adam was with God before he was with his wife Adam had relationship with God and came from God and they walked together God said I want Adam to know I need him to understand what we have And he won't understand it unless something goes from him, is made from him, and then is joined back to him. And so he made this thing in us. That's why when young people, you know, when kids are six and seven, they're like, ooh, you're weird. And and you have cooties and everything. And, And then like about 11, hey, you're hot. I mean, but there's something that begins, that, but, but something in it, there's this thing that activates where we get attracted to the opposite sex. Let me emphasize the opposite. Because if we go back to putting things on the table that go together, okay, two likes don't go together. That's all I got to say, all right? That's not the original intent. Read Romans chapter 2. God's, God actually says it. The natural use, the original intent changed it and perverted and we're being told today that that is the original that God created people that way no because when you read his original intent he said also be fruitful and multiply two likes cannot be fruitful and they cannot multiply so you can't call that am I okay this morning but, but we have a society that's changing that. And you're being told you're intolerant if you don't embrace that. Or, or, or you're a homophobe or a bigot or, or a right-wing radical. Label me what you are. I think I'll stick with original intent. But, but, it's, but it's every aspect of life, not just that one. God brings that out in His Word. I'm not making it up or bringing anything out. Are you with me this morning? But she was made for me. But then they're saying, if, if I try to have relationship before I have reconciliation. And I think that this is more important than this. This will not work. But if I come to Him and I'm restored in Him, I understand and I'm moved by what he did for me that same love that same forgiveness now moves towards my wife so that through our relationship I can forgive I'm sorry I'll take the blame you burnt the lasagna it's my fault 
Whatever it takes for reconciliation, for relationship, no matter what. Amen? No matter what. As we begin to understand this truth, let let me give you that. Ephesians 5 says this. Think about this. When Paul says, You were made from him for him. My wife, in principle, was made from me for me. Ephesians 5, it's there in your your outline. Paul says, no man ever hated his own flesh. And so everything that God did to bring reconciliation between you and him That same capacity to love, to forgive, to restore is in you towards your own flesh. But you live in a world that's redefined original intent. And it's told you, leave that, find another. Leave that, find another. But the problem is the way you left determined how you entered. Are we doing okay? We begin to understand this truth. We now begin to understand the depth of God's love towards us and why He did what He did for us through His Son to redeem and reconcile us back to Himself. Think about it. Reconciliation. The Amplified calls it restored to favor, received into favor, brought into harmony with Himself. Wow. Heard this statement. The pastor last week had a great message on family relationships. He made the statement. He says, sin makes you lose stuff. How many could give an amen to that? Sin makes you lose stuff. But repentance leads to God's restoration. And God restores. Maybe not in exact type, but in kind and even better. The things I lost that brought me to Christ because of my sin, God restored in kind and even better. That's how He works. There's something inside of every person that's seeking to be made complete, to be joined to that which will make them whole. And there's nothing in all of creation that can do that, not even your mate. You were made from God for God. That was His original intent. Anything that alters that truth leaves you with a life that is less than what you were created for. Search and work as you may, life will come up short until you're joined to where you came from and live in the relationship you were created for. So my question to you is, why settle for less when you could have life and have it to its full? Would you just stand with me this morning? I'm just going to invite you to respond to God's call to you for reconciliation. Pastor Cole, as we were praying before service together in the office this morning, he said he's been having conversations as he works and 
Amen. Said that I'm having conversations with people and they don't feel like they hear God's voice and know God's voice. I'm in relationship with my wife and I know her voice and I hear her voice and I find people that we talked about it and just it's it's a burden in their life but God's heart is for you to be reconciled to him not to feel that there's a barrier something between you but that you would move to accept that reconciliation be reconciled to God accept that he's removed everything out of the way but just coming in that place of being joined to him when I met my wife it was easy to say to my friend yeah I like you (laughs) but I don't have that much time for you anymore I'd like to do that but I have something else I'd rather do there's somebody else who's captured my heart there's somebody else who's filling that void I like you don't take this wrong I don't need you I need her you can't do what she was created to do and when we come to God that's what we say to God nobody else nobody else no no friend no, no, no no, no ever human relationship I have can do what she was created to do and no human relationship you have can do what you were created to have with Him. I've heard people tell me, Pastor, you know God created family, so family's first. No, it's not. God didn't create family first. He created you first for Him. And when you put that relationship back right, it works. Turn these lights off. Those are really hot. In the next few moments, maybe you feel God pulling on your heart and saying, be reconciled. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm saying that maybe something's in there, in between. Maybe. And and please don't take this wrong. I mean, why, when a man and a woman become intimate together, there shouldn't be anybody else in there. Just checking. No, n- nothing else should be between them. They're becoming one. And in your relationship with God, there has to be something that where you know, God, there's nothing between you and me. There's nothing that keeps us from being one. And if something's crept in, move now. Would you just move and have a moment with Him? Just say yes to God. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just telling you that God 
in this moment is trying to restore original intent to our lives. In a world that's redefined everything, I believe the Holy Spirit is moving right now on the earth, not just in our church, but in this earth, this voice of God is calling people back to original intent. That you were made from Him for Him. And His heart breaks if you're not joined with. If there's anything between Him and you pulling, anything being redefined, He's willing to take the blame, push all that out of the way until you can be reconciled. The next few moments as they lead us in worship, we open this altar up to you. We have leaders here to pray for you, elders to pray for you. If you need prayer, we're here. But would you just say yes to God? maybe move towards him there's times when life gets busy and I have to divorce myself from life and choose to move towards my wife we went away I'm so blessed I have the most low maintenance wife in the world and and I mean that in a good way that it's not a demand to perform to be accepted but then there's things in times I go I, I need to get everything else out of the way and just be with her just go be amen God wants that with you if you need that with him as we worship you move towards God set something else aside take a moment interrupt the plan you had for right after service